set. Places, everybody. And action. Hi, guys. You're listening to Black Girl Film Club, a podcast where two Black women discuss movies. I'm Brittany. And I'm Ashley. And on this week's episode, we're discussing Earth Mama from 2023, directed by Savannah Leaf. So we're back with another one of our Black History Months 2024 episodes. Um, last episode, we discussed uh, Just Another Girl on the IRT, which was about teen pregnancy, um, you know, life in the early 90s in New York City. Mm-hmm. Um and this week, we're going across the country to the Bay Area to talk about another young Black mother. So this pairing was brought forth by Ashley. So do you want to share with the listeners, like, what made you, you know, select Earth Mama to talk about? Yeah, I knew that I'd only seen Justin the Girl on ART, so I had not seen Earth Mama. I was curious about it, but I didn't really get into it when it came out. I don't actually remember even coming out in theaters. I don't really know how that even happened because I, I think it came out like in July or something like that. So, um, but I did know that there was something with young black girls as mothers. And I thought that might be interesting um, because just another girl on the IRT, like I think I said in the previous episode, is a really hard movie to find. Um, I think it's gotten a little easier now, but it's really hard to find. So I really wanted to give us a chance to actually talk about it. And I just felt like this might be a good comparison. And I feel like it is in like a more mature way. I have ghosts in this house. <laughs> Something just knocked over. Uh, it scared me. Um, yeah, it's like a, a, a more like more mature version, I think, of just another girl. Um, because this is a mother who has already been a mother twice over. She's mm-hmm. about to have a third baby. And she's got a lot, a lot of stuff going on. And she handles things in a way that it's not as frustrating as Chantel is in the previous movie. I feel like it's more because she's older. I feel like I can understand a little bit more. (laughs) I'm not 24, but um, I don't remember 24 at this point, but like uh, when I was watching it, I was like, oh, like I just felt this one felt more like I could relate to her. Like I knew this girl than I think just the girl was. I feel like I was like Chantel's older sister. And in this one, I feel like I'm Gia's friend. That's kind of like, girl, we gonna rally together. <laughs> we, we gonna make it. I don't know how we gonna do it. Well, we gonna do it. But um, yeah, I think like serendipitously this is like a good pairing uh for me not hardly knowing anything about this movie in the first Mm -hmm. place when I picked it and you seemed really excited about it so I know you've seen this movie already Mm -hmm. so I felt like that would be a a good pairing you know we don't really talk about I don't think we've ever done like a pregnancy no motherhood thing 
Yeah, sort of. We talked about Claudine. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Being a black single mom in the yeah. 70s, raising her kids um, in the bureaucracy of navigating the, um, the social supports. So, yeah. Yeah, that's true. I forgot about Claudine, but I feel like that's, you know, that's my mama. (laughs) (laughs) This is like a peer. These are like peers or younger. So I feel like, you know, we haven't really talked about motherhood in that sense of like actually like looking at dead in the eye. (laughs) And, um, and I don't think there's a lot of, I think we talked about this in the last episode. I don't think there's a lot of like black motherhood discussions in film. Like not like, like this because growing up like I feel like this has been brought up on Twitter a little bit lately which I feel like is really interesting and I'm glad people are finally starting to see it for how it is but like girlfriends in some of the old shows where it was like oh my god all I want to do is be a, a a married mother and blah 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 and that was like the only like that's kind of as deep into motherhood as it would get or it was like you know, I'm a mom and, you know, I'm successfully raising my four kids or you got them badass kids that she just wanted to go sit down somewhere <laughs> kind of thing. Like, it's not like, it doesn't feel like actually examining like how you feel about your mother because you're only supposed to feel like reverence and respect. There's not supposed to be any like real friction. I mean, like if we're talking about girlfriends, like the only one who had like real, like friction with her mama was Tony and Tony also had friction becoming a mother yeah and she didn't like that no she did not enjoy motherhood the way it looked for her yeah she's kind of like oh like I did the thing but now that I now that the thing is happening to me oh no (laughs) I don't actually like this at all I'm kind of over it so like um I don't feel like we talk about like mothers like that you know and what happens when you don't have the best relationship with your mother if you're not cool with your mother if you haven't seen your mother in a while type things I thought like all the discussions that they talked about in the movie were like really kind of profound and different in that way Mm -hmm. and I wish we would actually do stuff like that because I feel like when we do these things we have like these real actual conversations people say oh that's some white people shit like only white girls talk bad about their mothers and stuff like that. And I'm like, that's not true. <laughs> or have bad relationships with their mothers or act out and stuff. I'm like, that's not, that's not true. Cause if it was true, I feel like our world would look a lot different <laughs> if, if that was the truth. But um, yeah, I thought this is like, a, um, you know, just another girl is like the jumping off point to something like this. And mm-hmm. I feel like, hopefully you know more people actually pay attention to this movie which I don't think they really have from what I can see online but once they jump off from there like maybe the conversations that we have in movies and things will actually be a little bit more interesting to me um I don't know how you feel about that but that's how I'm that's the vibe I was getting from I don't know like maybe two minutes in (laughs) I think I text you like maybe like I don't know like maybe 30 minutes in, I was like, oh, girl. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> Just for the listeners, if you have not watched Earth Mama, I will say up front, this is a, a high recommend for me. I watched it as soon as Paramount Plus like 
her, excuse me, her mouth plus is showtime. <laughs> they need to pay me for saying that. Yeah, shit. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> they were like, okay, this film is a new film. And I had seen a little bit about it. And I didn't know exactly what it was about, but it looked something of interest. Like, it looked like we were about to see a story of a, a real Black woman mm-hmm. on film. So it looked real and grounded, like a story that I wanted to engage with. So I watched it, like, over the holiday. And I was like, girl, oh, okay. Like, okay. Um, Ooh, I had to take a break. Take, take a it, breather. <laughs> it, when, you, when you guys watch it, which you have to watch it now that we told you about it, yeah, it 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 does something to you. Like you you know you know Gia, yeah. you know Gia, you know um her best friend. You know her. Like mm-hmm. this could be your peer. This could be your friend, your sister, your little cousin, um somebody you just knew in high school. Like you you know this girl, and you want nothing but the best for her and her family. Yeah, um, whatever it may look like, but you you're rooting for her and you're ready to be part of that community to make sure she gets what she needs and where she needs to be. Yeah. Um you you can't I hope you can't not empathize with her. You have to empathize with her 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 life, her situation that she's going through right now. Even if you don't agree, like you empathize with her. Like you, ha- it's not that you have to empathize, but I'm just like, I just know that you like people know this girl somehow, some way, um, in a way that would kind of surprise you maybe. Cause it surprised me. Cause as soon as I saw her and I was like, oh my God, like her hair kind of reminds me of like the way that we used to wear our hair. Like it's just in a bun, but like, it was like that we have the high bun, but then the hair falls at the back. Cause it won't mm-hmm. get in the bun. And I was like, this feels very like like some girl I would go to like high school with. It was very, and I was like, I'm kind of freaking out. And then they were at the photo studio at the mall. And I was like, oh my God, this is so zoom in, zoom out, which I don't know if those are like everywhere, but they were, uh, that was like the place to go get your studio photos taken. Um, as a youth in 2000s Dallas, <laughs> it was in our local mall. I never got my pictures taken there. But everybody else did and it was just like you know the hottest shit and I was like this is so like this is like kind of taking me to like a time and place and it's freaking me out a little bit and I was like no because <laughs> it was like oh shit now I need to see what happens to this girl because like it needs like she has to be okay because mm-hmm. um if she's not then what the hell am I gonna do <laughs> with myself what am I gonna do with myself I can't take this so, um, yeah, I mean, I did a little bit of like backstory on it. Basically, mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like we talked about the overall plot, but like, I guess in case we didn't, um, this is about a girl named Gia, who is a mother of two. Um, her kids are in the foster system. We will find out why. And I think we should actually discuss why, because it kind of relates to how she's treated in the movie by author- uh, like authoritative figures. Um, and she has another baby on the way and she is fighting to get her kids back. Um, mm-hmm. So she's going through a bunch of like counseling sessions, um, tests, all kinds of stuff. And um, while also kind of trying to juggle like 
you know, does she actually want to have this baby or not? Because, you know, she's on her third kid. She can't really support the first two. So, yes, she wants her kids back. But, like, how is she going to provide for all of them? Because she's not even, Mm -hmm. like, in a stable home life and that kind of thing. She also got a pregnant friend. I believe her name was, I want to say it was Trish, but that night not be I think it's Trina Trina yes played by Dochi who is really good mm-hmm. <laughs> Dochi's really good I feel like she's like a natural actress um and the uh main actor is or actress is Tia Nam- I think it's Tia Namor mm-hmm. um and also Erica Alexander plays her either counselor or co- caseworker one of those she's like a um the facilitator of a group like support group or group therapy. Yeah. She's yeah. a facilitator there for all of the mothers who seems to have be part of like have previous experience with like CPS and may have current experience with CPS, you know, being a child in the foster care system and also having their children in the foster care system is kind of what yeah. I'm getting it's like a generational thing a lot of yeah. the women when they're introduced in the group they were sharing stories about their like childhood experiences and how it's affecting their parenting and their kids yeah yeah because some of them are like how they're talking about how they feel about their mothers um and how they feel about like their kids now if they're you know raising them right um or you know do they feel like they're failing their kids? That kind of thing. So it's it's a lot from the jump. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, I was like, Lord, help me. <laughs> um, and so this movie was also based on a short film called The Heart Still Hums, which mm-hmm. is by the director. And it says a Taylor Russell. And I don't know if it's I believe it's that Taylor Russell. I don't the see star any- of Escape Room. <laughs> Harry Styles' current girlfriend, uh, noted cannibal actress, Taylor Russell. That's baby girl to me. She's adorable. I did she I've never seen her even talk about this though. So I don't know what her involvement is because she's not from the Bay. So I was kind of confused about if this was actually her. Are they just attributing it to her? You know, because I all of the searches I've been doing, it's just been like Savannah. So I haven't really seen anything about. Taylor, and this well, is a, this is a common name too. So, I so don't know. <laughs> according to her IMDb, it lists her as a producer of the Heart Still Homes. That's so crazy. She's I have never seen her talk about it. I've never seen anybody ask her about it. Mm-hmm. So I was surprised to you know. But Brittany shared the short film with me today. I will share it. The link in the description box. I promise. I know I always say it and then I forget but I'm going to do it because it's actually really good. It's like a Mm -hmm. 30 minute thing about um, some groups around the Bay, I think specifically Sacramento um, where I think it's um, Chicks in Crisis Mm -hmm. and Black Black Mothers United, sorry, which are two separate groups that kind of help support mothers in the area. So there's a woman named uh, Inez who basically, uh, she works with Chicks in Crisis she um I think she's a founder and she basically like helps struggling mothers like if you need appointment like if you need transportation to your appointment she will take you to your appointments like she helps I feel like she had like a 
a whole room full of like baby clothes and things mm-hmm. like, like diapers milk food yeah all that stuff um so she helps you know if you need if you are considering adoption she helps with that um if you are going to raise your kids she helps with that she says she doesn't help with abortions because like you already know like if you're coming to her you already know kind of what you're going to do so mm-hmm. she doesn't really take you to like abortions or whatever but like she helps like if you need to you know like I said if you if you're gonna raise your baby yourself she will help you with that if you're gonna um give your baby up for adoption she helps you find people that are actually decent people so you're not just giving your baby to god knows who um and mm-hmm. feeling awful about, about it um and it was really interesting because they talked to all kinds of mothers uh, mothers who have given their children up for adoption, mothers who have kept their kids, um, mothers who have been um, had to deal with CPS for one reason or another. Um, and you see that a lot of this stuff happens to all kinds of women, of mm-hmm. all type, different ages, younger women, old, slightly older women. I don't, they're more like older, older women. I feel like statistically, like a lot of people who have these kind of uh I guess like issues already have kids and they're usually like in these like long-term relationships where they're just like, I cannot take care of another kid because they have like, you know, four or five kids already. Um, But yeah, it was interesting to see just like the breadth of different types of women and also just kind of acknowledging that this country is trash. Yeah. (laughs) Once Um... again, Acknowledgement number like 500. It's only Monday. <laughs> but Jesus. So like in, in the documentary, it really highlighted the, the precariousness of our uh, social supports. Yeah. Like once like they had mothers who just lost their job and then from there, you know, lost their apartments and then became homeless yeah. with their children. And what what are they going to do? And it, it was so bothersome to watch because we do a lot of bullshit with our, our tax dollars and we can't do anything to help the people who live here. And I I know like for me, you know, with my areas of interest in the nonprofit world, like we're like always seeking to, you know, help a need that our society has um, that honestly should be taken care of, of by the government. Like, yeah, there for the number of nonprofits that pop up to do the work that should be done by the government, it, it's really a shame. And the government yeah. just allows it. Okay, I'm not gonna get on the soapbox. No, but- it's true. It's true because I mean, the whole point, like in this movie, like it, a lot of the she gets in her own way but also like a lot of it is just like the dehumanization um of being like a young woman kind of dealing in the system Mm -hmm. she's not in the system necessarily but she has to deal with these people and they look down on her I mean they be talking to her like she is a delinquent (laughs) kind Mm -hmm. of and um it's it's really interesting to see and especially nowadays where they're all but trying to force us all to have kids for what reason I don't know because once we have them <laughs> it's just a shit show afterwards you want me to put my kids in school 
Will you just be letting everybody and their mother just come in and shoot them? Like, what are you talking about? Like, I don't, what do you, what do you want me to do? <laughs> I don't want to do that. So it's just very, um, very kind of fucked, you know, when you really sit there and you're just like, this place, they want you to have all kinds of kids. <laughs> and then you, you need support, have like taking care of these kids. They say, oh, uh-uh, uh-uh, not another welfare shit over here. <laughs> We're not doing that. You got to figure it out. We taking that kid away. And I'm just like, bitch, it's not the same. This is my life. <laughs> like, this mm-hmm. is not, this is not a game. And that, and it also, this movie talks a lot about the actual movie Earth Mama talks about, um, some of the psychological, um, I guess, fallout from being a kid in the foster system and, and not having a stable home and, and that kind of thing. So it touches a lot of things. And you're just kind of like, this country is so raggedy. <laughs> Cause it's not, I don't even know like who it's really protecting, you know? Mm-hmm. It's not really protecting the kids and it's not protecting the mothers either. So like, who is it helping really? Um, so yeah, there's a lot that it is touched on in this movie. I mean, I guess we could talk about the characters themselves. So Gia is the, uh, the main character. Um, she going through it. It's, it's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Girl, she, she only works part-time 15 hours a week at this photo studio in the mall. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, she doesn't really have like, she's living with her sister. So she doesn't have her own apartment. Her sister, I believe, sells drugs. Is that what she does? It's implied that she does. It doesn't like explicitly say because when she's having like conversations, she was like, I don't want anybody to come over here because they if they knew what my sister did to make money, there was no way I'm gonna get my kids back. I couldn't tell if it was selling drugs or prostitution. I really couldn't tell because that one time. I think it's like towards the end where she's like, I need the car. And her sister's like, don't come in here. And I'm like, mm-hmm. what you doing in that room, girl? Are you selling drugs? Are you doing something else? <laughs> and I was like, oh, they're not going to let you have the baby's back. Not for that. <laughs> not not in that house. And I couldn't tell. Also, is the landlord coming over? Or is that CPS? It was some white man that came up. Remember she was driving past and she saw some dude knocking on her door. And she was like, uh-uh. She just sped away. I think it was. CPS. Okay. If I'm not mistaken, because I feel like in a later conversation they were like, "Yeah, they've been coming over." Yeah. And that was the one that was like, "If they got in this house, then yeah. they'll see." Like, yeah, maybe this ain't, this ain't it's it. not appropriate right now. This ain't it. So, um, oh, I was gonna say Taylor. Gia, <laughs> Gia is doing all these tests and like she's been basically fighting to get her kids back which I don't even know how you would even do the pro- like the process seems so long I think she's been doing it like a year or something um yeah eight yeah around 18 months that's a long time girl and like her babies are in foster care and I don't even know with who we don't ever really know who's she has supervised visits with them once a week for an hour which is not enough time to bond with your children I feel like one of her kids is kind of like I don't know about you. Yeah. <laughs> Which the, is really sad. The youngest uh, one. The daughter was the youngest, right? Yeah, she had her son first. Okay. Yeah, her son was really attached and yeah, he don't he want her to leave. Home. Yeah. He's like, don't, don't go. And then the the daughter's is like, 
y'all grown who are you <laughs> and I was like oh this poor girl mm-hmm. she don't have any money in her account she goes to the doll store to buy them some gifts like some mood rings before she comes over and I feel like she spent like I think like the toll was like $29 and then her car got declined and mm-hmm. then she just like put 28 on it and I was like oh them days <laughs> my god and um and then her also she uses like a um like a prepaid phone mm-hmm. I could not tell what that was until like almost the very end of the movie because I knew it was a prepaid phone but I was like what is this balance that I keeps telling her and it keeps t- like I forgot what it started on like nine dollars or something I yeah was, around it was, there, it was like I'm- low at one point it was like two forty five, and then another point it was like ninety six cents. Yeah, and I was like, <laughs> and that then that's when I was like, oh, this is her prepaid phone because I was like, oh, I remember those days like buying too many ringtones and running that twenty five dollars up. <laughs> and yeah, every time she uses her phone, it's like blah 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 balance pay now make payment now, and I was like, that would give me so much fucking anxiety. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> just to hear that every time I picked up my phone to call somebody or whatever um because you know they're charging by like texts or whatever too mm-hmm. like god that oh you know so she's just is she's just not making a lot of headway and the lady who's in charge of her file her caseworker yeah is a huge I don't want to say a huge bitch because she's going through it too I know she is <laughs> it's not easy to do casework and social work and all that but like she's just like you won't let us come to your house. You won't let us do this. And she's like, I have been doing everything you asked. I've been taking all the drug tests, which I didn't realize she was taking drug tests, but she was like, I'm taking all the drug tests. I'm doing all this stuff. Like, what else do you want me to do? Like I've done, I've like proven that I am there. And I think the only thing it was, was that she was like a few minutes late mm-hmm. to visitation. I was like, I was like, what you gonna do? You gonna hang her? Like <laughs> she ain't miss visitation. She's a few minutes late to visitation. She was like, well, I don't know if you're suitable to be up. And I was like, that's so, that would piss me off if I was a mom, honestly. <laughs> I mean, I guess from my perspective as like caseworker, social worker, you do need to assess your client's ability to do things for themselves. Like, yeah. But at the same time, if you see, like, I guess this is my heart, but like, if you see someone in a situation, you do need to set them up for success. So, like, yeah. if you're running late, let's talk about strat. Like, even though you, I'm, I'm getting on your nerves. Like, let's talk about strategies that can make you successful in meeting your goal. Like, yeah, it's you very, do have to do that at, at some point. It felt very like corporal. Like you didn't do this, so. Oop, let's take the kid. Like, <laughs> you're not getting them back. And I was like, okay, well, like, could could you maybe like she's a pregnant girl working 15 hours a week. Do you think she has the money? The fact that her car is running, I felt like it was a miracle. It was one of them old, old ass cars. I was wondering, like, what year was this? Because it was one of them cars, it was like an old Toyota Camry from like the 90s with like the um with the automatic seatbelts, mm-hmm. the latest in innovation <laughs> in the mid nineties. And I was like, damn, I haven't seen one of them in like fucking forever. Like how many miles are on that car? Like, 
At one point, she was sitting in traffic and she took her shirt off, and I was like, "Oh, relatable." <laughs> I have been stuck in traffic and been like, "I'm hot and I'm dying." <laughs> like, ah, uh, I just felt for her. Oh, and her CD player I had to pop it out. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Okay, really? What year is this?" Because <laughs> I remember them days. I never had that kind of CD player. A situation by I've been in the car with people that had that kind of setup. And I was like, damn, this car is, is old. <laughs> and her friend Trina is also pregnant. So Dochi is Trina. And she's very interesting. I don't, I guess she's in the same boat. I don't know. We never see her with her other kids. So I was kind of confused on why she was there. Yeah. Like at the, at the counseling. <laughs> The the counseling, the group isn't quite defined or like the, rep- I get the idea that it is either encouraged that you attend or mandatory that you attend. That's the kind of feeling that I got from the group. Yeah. She's, um, I think Trina says like, if you don't like speak at these things, like they're going to write you up or whatever, because mm-hmm. she doesn't want to share anything about her experiences as a mother or as a child or whatever so she's like they're gonna write you up and you're not gonna get like you need to look good for your hearing because Gia has a hearing coming up um to get her kids back I don't I don't remember the span of time from the beginning of the movie to when it actually happens but she does have a hearing coming up and Trina is very much like you need to participate and blah blah and she's pretty chill she's like I love her entire like look it's so mm-hmm. cute. She's just like, I know I'm pregnant, but I'm still gonna look good. So, because <laughs> Gia is in these like big old shirts and shit, and like she looks very much like a student athlete, which I think is appropriate because I think she was a student athlete when she was in high school. Mm-hmm. But Dochi's character, Trina, is like long nailed hair down to like her hip, <laughs> like her braids she got and her all braids that. She's yeah. got on like a um, denim jumpsuit. Mm-hmm. She's not playing. Was that Rockaware? Maybe. It was something because I saw them R's on somebody, the back of somebody's pants. And I was like, once again, I'm being transported <laughs> to a specific moment in time. Um, yeah. So um, how do we feel about Trina? Because I thought she was like chill. And then I was like, oh no. <laughs> I mean, you know what? I I oh Lord. I respect Trina. Like I so Trina is really the only person that is on Gia's case about doing what you need to do to get your kids back. Like, fuck yeah. all that. Get your kids by doing X, Y, and Z. Following the X, the Y, and the Z. This is all you need to do. Just do it. Which, yeah, yeah just do it. Like, even, um, even though, like, your case a worker is getting on your fucking nerves just bite the bullet yeah do whatever you need to do um her thing is they're taking our fucking kids yeah. um and they're trying to take they're trying to rip families apart like they're keeping you from your kids if you don't do it like the longer it'll take to get your family back together and we need to protect the families and yeah. i was like right the thing yeah. about like the 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 thing underneath her saying all this like all that is very sage advice and also i also respect this part because whatever floats everybody's boat mm-hmm. fine she is religious like 
mm-hmm. she quotes the Bible, and that Bible quote was applicable to the situation. Honestly, I'm. I think I like had some sort of like trauma response, and this is like I don't. I don't remember a single thing she said once she said the quote. I was like, oh no, girl. She she pulled out the like that tiny little Bible that appears randomly in your life <laughs> from a from a Hebrew Israelite or whatever <laughs> from a nation of Islam member or whatever. It's like, I don't know, like that. If you look in your closet, it's that tiny little Bible in oh, there. I girl. don't know where it comes from. It just appears in your life at one point. They're all at my mama's house. This <laughs> child. It, it, mine is packed away with my teen Bible in a shed somewhere. So, like, this is where it is. But, like, she starts, like, quoting the Bible. Fine. Yeah. And she also says, you know, God gives his toughest stro- struggles to like his strongest children. Child and and I was like, <laughs> all right, girl, like because both of these young ladies are have been through it and are going through it. So if that is what you if if your religion gets you from day one to day two, yeah, that's fine. Like you know, whatever gets you up in the morning and gets your day going. Yeah, we you need that hope. Like that's that's fine, but yeah. you know, Gia isn't as receptive to her advice due to the religious messaging associated with it. She's like, mm, all right, yeah. I forget what she kind of says because she does say like, you know, it makes her feel like it makes Trina feel better. So she's just like, I don't know about all that. <laughs> And I forget like what her her reasoning was, but I know she was just like, nah. <laughs> and then they have a third friend. Well, she has a friend. Yeah. Um, I think it's Mel. The the um the girl that was standing, she she hangs out like with the guys that hang out in front of their cars. Mm-hmm. You know them types. And like if you have an if you ever lived in an apartment. Um, you just have them people who just kind of congregate by their cars. And, and of course, why are you, oh God, why are they like, it's not even, is it cat calling? I don't even know what it was. It was just like a lot of just like shit talking. And I was just like, you're not going to help the two pregnant girls bring the box into the house. Like she's big as hell. This one also slightly big. <laughs> so like you, you can see her like crib. Yeah. I'm like, they're carrying this big old box. And then you're going to be like, well, fuck you then, because you ain't, you think you hot shit. And I was like, shit, what the fuck? <laughs> I was like, God, men are, men are, but Mel hangs out with them. And she has an interesting story. Like, I guess she was living, I don't remember what she said. Northern California is still like all the cities I'm kind of not familiar with, but she had left the Bay, from what I can tell, to go take care of her mom. Cause her mom was like sick or needed like a caretaker and her mother passed away. So she came back. She's like living with somebody and their sister, I think, or their girlfriend. Um, and she is a little bit more like, like, like a, 
she's more like receptive to like Gia's problems I think mm-hmm. like I feel like Trina is like girl you gotta do this you gotta do this we get our kids back <laughs> yeah we like girl we got this plan we just need to go like this is what you fucking need to do yeah whereas Mel is like Okay. I understand that everything is difficult for you right now. Like mm-hmm. I did it. I got you. Whatever you need me to do, just let me know and we can do this together. Yeah. It's more like, you know, we're doing this hand in hand, walking at the same time, whereas Trina is dragging your ass <laughs> along. Like, girl, this is what we doing. Like, you gotta do it like this. <laughs> For real, that's exactly how it is. Oh, like, oh girl. I was like, no wonder she's not receptive. I mean, you know, I was like, on your third go around, you'd probably be like, girl, don't tell me nothing to do. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. But I mean, even though it doesn't seem like she has like the best handle on the situation, I can see why she would just be like, don't tell me what to do. Just like, listen to me. <laughs> can mm-hmm. somebody just listen to me? And she's not, a, she's not a talkative person. She's very like stoic, very mm-hmm. kind of like, you know, quiet and stuff. Like she's just kind of observing things. Um, Whereas Trina's very much like, you know. No, you need to speak up. Like, yeah, she, this is the only way we gonna do it. Like, you need to do this. Yeah, she, you can see her like pointing at you. Like, you gonna do this stuff. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that's that's a lot. That would be a lot if I'm under a lot of stress and pressure. Um, and then Erica Alexander, mm-hmm. Maxine Shaw, turning her ball. <laughs> I um, was surprised that she was in here. I didn't, I feel like I knew she's been on the red carpet a lot lately. And I feel Mm -hmm. like partially it's for American fiction because she's Mm -hmm. in that. Um, But I was like, oh shit. (laughs) I don't think I've ever seen Erica Alexander in a movie. And from what I can tell, aside from her being in Get Out, uh, I don't She's been working. She's been working on TV. And she's a television. I watch called Run the World. Nobody yeah. watches with me, and that's why I got canceled. She, oh my god, she was in Queen Sugar. I watched that, but she's like mostly a television actress. Like her uh, TV credits uh, are pretty consistent from 1986 until now. So she's, I mean, she was in Black Lightning. She was in Insecure. She was in um, uh, Wu Tang and American Saga, which I can apparently, girl. That was on Hulu. That was on Hulu. And I love when everybody's like, Ashton Sanders should be working. I was like, he is working. (laughs) He's on a television show right now that y'all are probably paying for and not watching. (laughs) But she was also in there. I feel like she was his mother. One of the, one of their mothers. I can't remember whose. Um, Because I have not seen it yet. But I knew he was on it. And I know a lot of y'all didn't. So I feel a little bit more high and mighty. (laughs) But she's pretty busy. Um, she's one of our, our beloveds. I feel mm-hmm. like we love Erica. Um, a legendary black dress. Yeah. <laughs> Lord help me. <laughs> Not a black dress. Oh, I God. love that term. Sorry. Like it needs to be used more. That's it. Cause I feel like when the black dress came out, it was to cuss out Will Smith. It was, but. So it wasn't like a. Pu- Cause she is a legendary black dress as well. Who so. was, who was that again? I forget. Who was that? Um, oh God. I'm Janet Hubert. I think that's Yeah. I think. Yeah. 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 Cause I'm always names escaping me, but <laughs> she is like, I am the black dress. And I was like, oh Lord, like what's about to happen. And it was, she gonna cuss out Will Smith. And I feel like they've, buried the hatchet but 
They have. Yeah, they did. So Erica Alexander don't have them type of problems. I feel like she's very well liked <laughs> um, across the board. So that's great. And I'm glad that she's in these like, like movie movies now. Not movie movies, but like, I feel like American fiction is getting a lot of praise. So, you know, she can like do the strategy. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I see her in more movies. So that might be fun. Um, but she's playing a very serious role, which is kind of jarring for me because I've, like I said, I've only seen her in Get Out, which I don't remember her being in. And then cause I've only seen it once, but also like Living Single, like that's not a serious show. <laughs> no, that's Maxine's child, the Maverick. <laughs> she was uh, the cut up on that damn show. I mean, everybody was cutting up on that show, but she was like the ultimate cut up. And um, she plays the group therapy, um, I guess, leader. So she has a lot of sort of like intimate conversations with Gia. um, And she's the one who talks to her about, you know, what are your plans? What are you going to do as far as like this baby? I don't think babies. Yeah. Like what's going to happen with that? (laughs) And um, she actually talks to Gia, or Gia actually comes to her when she's thinking about um, doing, uh, giving her baby up for adoption, which mm-hmm. comes up. So um, once again, I don't feel like, well, she's too far along to have an abortion. <laughs> but this is yeah. Way too far along to have an abortion. But like, I, once again, like, nobody, nobody's going to do the black abortion story, are we? No. How many more years do we think we have? I I feel like one will come around. You might, we might get a obvious child or unpregnant. I have not seen obvious child, but I heard it's good. It is. I like it. And I haven't, I haven't heard of unpregnant, but wait, yeah, that sounds familiar though. It was on Max. It might be deleted now, to be honest with you. You know what? (laughs) (laughs) It was on Max. Um, Oh, Haley Lee Richardson. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. It's still on there. Barbie. Barbie Ferreira, um, Betty Who, and some other people I do not recognize. Um, oh, yeah. Okay. I love Haley Lou. I haven't seen this movie, but it's still on Max. Um, mm-hmm. It's from 2020. So, um, yeah, I, I'm I'm waiting for the, the actual Black abortions. Not story, but like, when are we going to tap on that? <laughs> on that issue i'm really waiting i don't know who's gonna be the one to do it i hope it's not like tyler perry or somebody 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 legit (laughs) please step in before he does but um yeah this ends up becoming like a story about like is she gonna keep this baby if she's gonna give up her baby um how's she gonna get these kids back uh because at least like her kids do love her i just feel like they're kind of in like a confused situation yeah they they just want to come home yeah. like they don't it doesn't seem like like they they're they're babies like they both seem under like eight years old yeah and are. it's just like we are away from our mom we want our mom back well mostly with her oldest son son yeah. trey it's yeah. like, I just want my mom and it's just something that's keeping me away from her. And they uh, don't really understand the why. 
and they probably won't understand that why until they're a little older. Now, if he was 10 opposed to like eight or so, he would get a better grasp of that why, I would say. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, uh. <laughs> but one thing that I like found interesting about like her desire for a, an adoption is she wanted an open adoption as opposed to a closed adoption. Yeah. So she still wants to have some role in her child's life if she's not able to care for like care for it. And mm-hmm. eventually finds out it's a, it's a girl, but like I, I thought that was really touching, and I also like just thought the drive to even seek that out as like something that you haven't seen in film before, because it was a mother putting the best interests of her child ahead of her own wants and desires, like for real, yeah. in the hardest way. Yeah, because I was trying to thinking like, it feels silly to ask, but like, obviously she wants her kids back, but kind of like the, like the why she wants her kids back. I mean, obviously you want your kids back, but like, have you considered like how you're going to support them in the future? Because like, it's not just like wanting them back. Like you have to like really support their development because if you I feel like if you get them back I feel like they still watch you right like doesn't CPS still do visits and stuff so like yeah, you have to- for at least a certain period of time like you have to prove that you're capable of capable of caring for yourself and your children yeah so like I was thinking like do you like just want them back because they're not here or do you want them back because Trina's being like you gotta get your kids back or do you want them because you want the chance to be a mother and actually like help them grow as little people into adults and things you know that kind of thing and so I thought yeah like the adoption thing is like okay like her kind of acknowledging like I don't know if this is going to work out kind of thing um and not putting her in a situation of like well we're just gonna buckle down and have to make it (laughs) like she's trying to give this baby like you know, a good start in mm-hmm. life, um, just in case like she she can't help her or support mm-hmm. her in that way, which is a very big decision. We make this decision really in just another girl. I don't know if Chantel was like, I feel like they mentioned it, but I don't think Chantel would go for that at all. I know we talked about like abortion a little bit, um, I feel like they talked about adoption, but I forgot like what her, I feel like her thing was like, she don't want to have the baby just to give it up. Yeah. Like go through all of that just to give it up for adoption. And mm-hmm. it's her first baby. So I can see like why she'd be like, no, give me back. <laughs> but, um, and also she's like 16. Yeah. <laughs> also old. with her alternative, it was like, baby, what was the alternative? Don't. The trash can? Yeah, that was her alternative. Like, uh, alternatives, like, we just tossing the baby out for real, for real. And it's like, my, no, that's also like, that's, not that's, the, the I, best. I feel like that's worse than just like having it and giving up for adoption because, like, which, yeah, like, girl, Stapler gonna be at the dough. <laughs> 
NYPD is going to get you for real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Stay with go put somebody in a headlock. Gonna put your boyfriend in a headlock. Yeah, like, bro, you cannot, you can't do it like that. Like, you just need it. You need to go to a trusted adult. And you did. You went to Miss Paula, a trusted adult. Shout out to her. (laughs) Shout out to the older black women in our lives, the one that actually ride for us. Cause shit, girl. Oh no, baby, don't don't do that. Please, please don't do that. Just, just Chantel and her dumbass boyfriend, girl. That would have been ripped from the headlines on SBU. I feel like that is already that we did talk about that. that Yeah, like the darkest version of that ever. But yeah. Oh Lord, help me. (laughs) Yeah, I think like this is a sign of maturity for Gia that I feel like, you know, maybe you wouldn't think of as being a sign of maturity from the outset. Um, and of course, like the thing with like I was going back and forth about Trina because I feel like she Knew she was talking to, um, what's her character's name in here? I've already done Miss Carmen. Mm-hmm. Alexander's character is called Miss Carmen, and I feel like Trina knew that she was talking to her about like adoption and stuff like that, um, because she was. That's when she got on her about like you know they're trying to take her kids and stuff. And honestly, like as I've gotten older and read enough, that I'm kind of like, adoption is also very sus, but like having your kid in a uh possibly like a drug dealer's house (laughs) might also not be the bet when you make it 15 hours a week in this country what's the minimum wage in this country again like i I think 725 naturally in oakland nationally but then it varies by state california might have the highest we do now due to the cost of living Especially yeah. the fucking cost of living in Oakland. <laughs> God damn. Every time I even try to evict you down there, it costs me fourteen dollars Girl, it is wild. So it's sixteen fifty an hour, which is actually, I don't think that's enough. No, it's, it's absolutely <laughs> like not enough. I think so. Was- oh, if you cross a bridge, it's $14. Girl, fuck that. <laughs> I think somebody was saying like it needs to be closer to like $30 or something. Now, mm-hmm. because of the cost of living, especially like since 2020, it's skyrocket. Everything is fucking double or whatever. So double, and then they don't give you enough in the, the box of food or in the fucking like container of fast food or whatever. Like it's just such a ripoff. But like if this is when I think it is, which is it seems like an early 2000s story, to be honest. Like, girl. Yeah. That minimum wage was maybe. I don't know. I don't know because I. It, seemed, it was like the the movie itself seemed timeless. Like, it does. It doesn't. It, have it takes place both in the early aughts and maybe to yesterday. Yeah, I mean, like you know, if you out here struggling, you not you might not be having the latest iPhone, whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, but also, like, I can't imagine her car still running at this. <laughs> Camrys do last forever. Civics be lasting forever. But like, I just feel. You know, it was a little bit weird. And I also read something from Savannah on A24's website, which A24, I don't feel like you like promoted this enough to be you absolutely did not. No. I, keep failing us, damn it. You all keep failing us. She wrote something on their website. It was called Born From My Memories. A note from Savannah Leaf. It was, uh, I think, released the same day that the movie was. It's on A24's website. And she kind of talks about, um, you know, her teenage years, because she's 30. 
Mm-hmm. She was talking about um, like the first draft of the movie was kind of born from like mid 2000s, like when she was like a teenager and she you know talks about like uh, like fast food parking lots and rappers um, burn CDs and things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, so I was I was feeling like it feels like early you know Mm -hmm. just had that kind of feel to it didn't feel like everybody was on their phones scrolling although she was texting I forgot um Trina was texting some guy Mm -hmm. so it didn't I mean that was you know it was a thing but it wasn't uh it was a thing then but it also cost you a dollar per text so it wasn't exactly a thing yeah you gotta conserve them texts Mm-hmm. <laughs> 10 cents per message can you only type like what 150 characters to 250 characters or mm-hmm. something very small like you could not make these paragraphs like you do now um but yeah I, I felt like um that it was so like nostalgic like like she's not making a lot of money so like to make this decision is kind of I mean it's it's a pretty big like I don't know. It just feels it, bigger than probably people will give it credit for. To me watching it, I was like, she really loves that baby. Like, she loves that baby so much that she wants this for her. Like, yeah. that is a testament to her love for her children. Like, yeah, she wants to give this baby the best foot forward in life, but also is seeking to kind of put the pieces back together for her other two kids so they can also have what she didn't have. Cause like, I guess we can move forward to this part. Like she is considering an open adoption. And one of the things that is a requirement is that it's the baby goes to a black family. Like she She wants to meet and talk with a black family for her child to go to. So Ms. Carmen arranges a couple like a family to come mm-hmm. in, yeah. Um, to you know, meet her, kind of get a vibe for the family, and see if you know she wants to continue forward in the process. So, in meeting the family, it's like Bokeem Woodbine, the lady <laughs> from Dune, and their daughter, who might be like a high schooler. Cause yeah, yes. yeah, she's a high. Uh, she plays. I forgot what sport she says, but I she's think they play basketball. Maybe. Yeah, she's playing some sport to like basically get into college, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and she wants to go to San Francisco State, which ooh, whew, you got to play that sport. I looked at tuition the other day. Goddamn, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, it's not a public school. Uh, it is, but sometimes it's kind of rough. Sometimes I'm so glad I went to undergrad when I did because there's no fucking mm-hmm. way. <laughs> We're going to have to close the laptop on that one. <laughs> uh, but um, Gia and the daughter are able to bond because they both play sports. And mm-hmm. she says, like, I, I plan on going to San Francisco State because that's where my parents went. And they want me to go there. And Gia's like, I want to go. I wanted to go there, too. Like, that's the school I wanted to go to. And the daughter asks, like, you know, well, says, you know, you can still go. And she's like, um, you know, dreams have changed now. And she kind of leaves it as that. So I felt like her seeking out this family, it gives she I was like, okay, she's given her daughter an opportunity to possibly do something that she 
wasn't able to do because she had her oldest son at that time and couldn't go to school. Going back to what you said with her looking at the families and her being like, are there only white families? <laughs> and I was like, that's a good ass question, girl, mm-hmm. because I want to see this. I, you know, I feel like that's important. Um, especially like oh, just the stories you hear, like, oh, oh, it's so, it's so bad. Like you just want them, put them in a better situation. And then you're like, here, no, it actually is not great. <laughs> yeah, like you of do the differences it. in culture and all kinds of you don't you just don't know. Yeah, like you get those parents that really try to understand their child and like mm-hmm. do things in the best interest of their child. Like if I have a black daughter, black son, I'm going to take them to the barbershop or I'm going to learn how to do their hair. Like I'm going <laughs> to try to do this for my child so they know who they are. Yeah. But then you also have the parents that completely erase their cultural identity. Yeah. And when, you know, you hear stories from adoptees that are raised in this a situation, you can see, like, they tell you how traumatic and harmful it is. Yeah, I was thinking about um, maybe last year, around November or something, and people were seeing all these poor, dear Palestinian children, um, orphans, um, on the timeline. And somehow I was like, well, can't, like, what can we do? Can we adopt them? And, and everybody swarmed in and were like, hell no, don't you touch them damn kids. <laughs> like, don't you touch them kids. Because what you go, what do you think is going, how is this going to help them for real? Like in the grand, like in the short term, sure. But we're taking people away from their culture and their language and their history and people who look like them and, and, and can, they can relate to. And that does some long-term fucking damage, man. Like I was like, Oh no. And then the, just the history of like, especially in this country of people taking, um, young people of color from their communities to raise them and 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 erase their identities and stuff i'm just like very I like i suddenly i'm like very very suspicious <laughs> every time the topic of adoption comes up which is a shame because a lot of people do want kids and sometimes they can't have kids like the this family that she's talking to the mom they had the daughter young and then they wanted another baby but they were like let's wait till the time is right and then uh, I think they went to like the OBGYN and they were like, uh, sorry, that door is closed. Like you were lucky to have the kid when you did. Um, so like there are people who want kids, but I'm just like, it's just a, just a scary world out there. I'm just like, oh no. So I'm glad she like did the open adoption. Also, so you can just see the process. I've never seen mm-hmm. this kind of stuff. Um, so like just to see like how it works. I mean, in this like kind of fictionalized way, um, was really interesting but yeah I just I always get like the shivers <laughs> when we talk about adoption sometimes and I'm just like I, it can't be all bad but it's it's bad <laughs> at the same time so I'm glad she you know she met this good family <laughs> like mm-hmm. a like a nice normal family who just like we wanted another kid we couldn't have another kid um and they're very interested in like what she's doing and and they kind of talk to her like a person and mm-hmm. not, you know you just get a good feeling from them I was you know I don't want to say I always get a good feeling from Bokey Woodbine because we playing some <laughs> some characters but I'm like oh Bokey Woodbine is here shit okay <laughs> this is a father I can support mm-hmm. 
I can support this. So um, yeah, the whole like situation is, is, it's a lot to weigh, mm-hmm. you know, the pros and the cons and, and all that. And, um, and um, yeah, I mean, basically because she's considering this adoption, her friendship with Trina is like strained, which is kind of crazy because I was just like, maybe you should mind your business. <laughs> like she tells her, <laughs> like, I get it. But at a certain point, it's just like, what you gonna do you gonna hold her down and make her have the baby like you can't what are you gonna do chain her chain the baby to her mother and just be like you gotta keep her mm. like come on yeah she's like why are you doing this like you just need to just toughen up and you know raise this baby like keep your family together like this is it girl and you know like this magic work like that all the time mind your own because we don't know anything about Trina's life mm. like if she hangs out with her parents like I feel like she mentions her mom but her mom was like we we don't really like that's always gonna be my mom but like we not really it's not really working out like that mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I don't know who she's staying with or who she works like not works with but like who her community is like her you know familial community I guess um, I know she works at like a taco shop. Mm. So she has she a job. She out with little baby butcher's block. Who? <laughs> uh, the, the, her friend, I forget the brand name that they make from the group. What's oh, the, the white name? girl? Uh-huh. Uh, I think her name was Alicia or something. I forget. Alexis, yeah. Yeah, something like that, yeah. Because who was it? Was it her that was like, I'm so, I hate how to listen to some white girl talk or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then she has a band friends with her and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> All right, girl. Um, yeah, so their friendship is strange. I feel like this is a more mature, more realistic, not realistic, but like, I don't know. It just felt a lot more, like not a lot more, but it felt different from just another girl with the tet and being like, I just want to be your friend, girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this being like, girl, like, the fuck is up? Like, I thought we were clear on this situation. And you died to me. Like, what the fuck? Is yeah. it because you giving your baby up? And they just get into it. And it's like, girl, like, he's up. First of all, y'all shouldn't be doing all this because you about do. Y'all both you, do. <laughs> like, you can't be doing all this shoving. Yeah, they end up getting in a fight, which we were like skipping ahead, but like, they end up getting a fight at like one of the, one of these things is like, car takeover things or they go and do donuts out and what is the d- California is different because <laughs> apparently there's a thing here hmm. in the north and south because they do that in LA a lot apparently I'm almost terrified to go <laughs> but like uh they just take over the streets and just have all these cars just be doing all this fast and furious type shit so um hmm. yeah so I guess they also do that north let me know if you ever experienced or come across. <laughs> I will report. <laughs> yeah, one of the one of the roads, just like because they just literally just like they close down the road and be like, we taking this bitch over, and I'm like, all right, <laughs> and revving their cars and doing donuts and shit. And I was like, why is she there? This does not seem like the best place for like a nine month uh, pregnant person to be. <laughs> like, what's going on? I'm worried for her, but yeah, they do get into it. Um, it's because she dodged her, like she was walking past 
like a nail salon and she saw she Trina like, in the oh, store shit. and she was like, you know, Mar- Marge Simpson. Yeah, she did the Marge Simpson bush thing. Not the Marge Simpson, the Homer Simpson, you know, hiding in the bushes thing. And I was like, girl, no, like, <laughs> but I get it too. Like she's going to start lecturing you and shit. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. sometimes you got time, time for all that now. Yeah, like it's not, you know, just. <laughs> um, I do want to talk about the scene where I guess it's her and Mel go to like. I don't remember. It's like, isn't it like the it's like the woods, but also the the beach. Yeah, it was very like the way this movie is shot. I shouldn't mention this like when we first started. The way this movie is shot is very like dreamy. Uh huh. It's apparently shot on film. Um, which I watched this like interview with like Savannah and Gia and Erica, and they were talking about, I guess the um, the woman doing the interview is like, it's kind of rare, I guess, for you to like as a first time director, like of a feature film, to do this. And you know, Savannah talked about how difficult it was because like you can't just like, you know, you run out of film, you run out of film. <laughs> That's it. So it's very dreamy. It has this like, the only person I could think of is like Sofia Coppola. Like, I don't feel like we get the sort of like dreamy quality to movies like this. Yeah. It has like some surreal elements yeah. to it in yeah. relation to certain scenes we'll get to later. Association. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's, um, she's like watching like, some television shows like in between scenes I guess and like one is talking about mothers in the animal kingdom defending their babies and stuff which I think Mm -hmm. is directly pulled from the short film and then another one was talking about sequoias and you know how big they are and how long or not long how old they are um which I have not seen the sequoias I've not been north of like the Getty Museum. So I have not been to the north side of the state yet, unfortunately. So I've only seen the sequoias in pictures, but I can imagine them being pretty pristine and, you know, the whole nature aspect, you know, kind of centers a person going through mm-hmm. a, a high stress situation. So it's mm-hmm. not surprising that she imagines herself in the sequoias quite often. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, like I liked how it just felt like soft, even though everything was so like tense, not tense, but like, it's just a lot going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought that was really cool. And I, I mean, film is kind of hard to find. And if you can find it, it's very expensive. So I, I mean, I hope we get this kind of thing. I don't think you can replicate this in digital. I don't know. How's Sophia Coppola handling this? This is the only person I can reference. I'm sure there's other people. Like, that's the only person I can think of that's like doing that kind of feminine kind of-esque thing. Mm-hmm. And everybody's always talking about how they want like more like softer movies like this, especially for Black people. And I'm like, well, here's one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, within all the anxiety, you have those moments of peace. Yeah, when she's like at the water, they're talking. I think this is a scene where they like she expresses her frustration with Trina and how mm-hmm. Trina was like, "Damn, she started reading the Bible to me," and I was like, "What the fuck?" Basically, 
Yeah. And Mel is like, yeah, she needs to shut up with all that bullshit. And so <laughs> he was like, well, do you believe in God? She's like, no, but I believe in things. Like, I believe in, in presences. Higher power that's yeah. it's not God, but I just believe in stuff. She believes she's in like, her- that's not religious. She's like, no, it's spirituality. Yeah, she's like, I'm not, you know, at the church at 9 a.m. on Sunday and at 7 p.m. on Wednesday. But, you know, I do have like a thing. I think it's her mother. Like, she believes in her mother's presence mm-hmm. being in there. A deceased. Yeah. Yeah. So she's just kind of like, my mom is there. Um, like, I just feel her presence with me and stuff like that and she is kind of like hmm, I don't know about that one mm-hmm. <laughs> but she uh, is more receptive to it compared to what Trina was talking about yeah I mean I feel like if you were always in like these situations where you have to like go to a person of authority and they tell you what to do all the time and shit like that like I don't think you'd be as receptive to organized religion if this is like your daily your daily daily (laughs) um just because it probably just reminds her too much it's just like being talked at you know yeah and also like playing into like highlighting everything that you've done wrong yeah i'm doing your post so it's like everything you've done wrong in your life from Uh the moment you took your first breath to this moment right now when you part (laughs) like just laid out (laughs) in front of you in a one to six hour sermon yeah yeah like that's the I mean depending on I mean if you choose like one of those like new fancy churches maybe it won't be as bad but like I feel like there's still that element of like well you'd be out here doing wrong mm-hmm. <laughs> and you pregnant and you don't have your kids you out here doing super wrong like the judgment is going to be there no matter how you slice it um so I feel like she's a lot more receptive at just being kind of like you know I just feel the presence of someone, not necessarily because we don't. We never hear about her parents; they're not there. I think she lives with her sister. Her sister mm-hmm. don't care about anything, mm-hmm. like at all. She just wants the keys to the car because they're sharing the car, not mm-hmm. the car, the car, and going through it. Uh, so she doesn't really have anybody. Like I don't know who her presence would be. Nature. Sure, the sequoias. That yeah, the sequoias, the water. Yeah, just she. You could tell like when, like after, like all of the periods of like the high stress. All of a sudden, it's, it would be a scene with like trees and voiceover, and you could just uh, get an idea of the sereneness of it. Or like she's remembering the water where she took her son and like she's recounting the time that they spent there and what the conversations that um, they had. And you could tell that it was a really peaceful moment for her. Yeah. Yeah. She's having like, like she's like me when I have my little like nature sounds at the end of the day. I put on my Spotify nature playlist and just kind of have to calm my heart rate down <laughs> from the high stress situations of of life uh but yeah i i can see the sequoias and nature i mean it was really beautiful like i kind of i really mm-hmm. want to go up there and see them because that's on my list i gotta drive through them trees and hope not to get stuck yeah are you gonna get your car stuck in one of them <laughs> probably because they, they, they cut holes in, in them to <laughs> yeah i probably don't get stuck in that maybe there's like a alternative route so you don't have to go like through them we can go like 
I don't know. Because <laughs> you're not <laughs> really allowed to cut them down, I don't think. You're not allowed to cut them down, right? Mm-hmm. Like, they're just supposed to grow until they don't. Until they fall. Oh, God. That's scary because they're really big. <laughs> they're very massive. Um, I was going to say, too, that um, I feel like it's interesting to show this whole scene because she's in an anxiety and addiction class. And that's when I was like, wait a minute, I'm hearing words that I'm piecing together things <laughs> because what's the class It's called anxiety, addiction and impulse control. Like they're talking about having impulses, like controlling your negative impulses and things. And I was like, is this like, she just has to be in here or is that like something that she has to do? And she's also taking piss tests, tests, things like that um so like i guess in the anxiety of things if you can imagine a sequoia and not give into your worst impulses um that's a good thing mm-hmm. uh we don't really show enough black people having anxiety on any thing i mean if we do it's like it manifests itself in like anger or something like that mm-hmm. we don't do like this kind of stuff we're just kind of like okay, I am now, I'm not here right now. I'm in like the forest, which is like, I mean, I feel like dissociating, but I, I feel like it's, it's, it's unexplored in my mm-hmm. personal opinion. I don't know how you feel. Maybe you've seen something. I else. have um, a strong opinions about that. I don't think that mental health overall is portrayed appropriately in media across the spectrum. Yeah, and we're not I there also yet. don't think that, you know, Black folk mental health is explored or shown in a way that encompasses the experience and the breadth of it. Yeah, we're not there yet either. No. I wonder. I wonder what will happen if we are there. Because once again, I feel like it's gonna be one of them like, you know, some that's that white people stuff, and I'm like, mm, yeah. mm, some of us are literal descendants of slaves. So like, girl, the anxiety is baked into the DNA. <laughs> like, I think we're allowed to be a little anxious. Like, child, <laughs> it's a stressful world out there. Yeah. I, like, I really, I know it's like a lot of, Chris, like I'm talking like geared toward, like media geared towards children, yeah. like animation. It's a lot of like pushback and criticism about like, oh, now all the characters have anxiety. And they're like demonstrating like what a panic attack or what an anxiety attack looks like in the animation, but that is necessary. So like whoever's seeing it can recognize that in them and if they experience it, also how what tools you can use to help yourself or help someone else in your life. Yeah. So it's it's necessary. We're moving forward um, in the stories that we tell like so mentally yeah like you're going to get that more and it's nothing wrong with it like we need to start telling stories about mental health and overall health in different ways to show it to and to destigmatize it okay i'm gonna step down because i'm talking about i can talk about this all day (laughs) and i do talk about this all day so like it's important the only thing i've seen on tv like literally was in insecure i feel like we talked about this maybe i don't remember if we talked about this on like on a recording or what happened but like when nathan like disappeared out of nowhere and then he came back and he was like 
yeah so i have like some like mental health stuff and everybody was like oh no he's like you need to dump that man because he raggedy he he ran out on him he could have did x y and z and it's like bro well yeah he could have let Issa know that he was experiencing um an episode with his mental health but Sometimes in the moment when you're actively like experiencing those symptoms, you're not always able to do that or do it in a way that others can connect to. Yeah. So it, it is what it is. Like it is what it is sometimes. Like he had to retreat to take care of himself and get to a place where he could reach out and communicate with Issa. So yeah, we didn't get any farther than that. And I was like, I don't know. Maybe we weren't ready. I mean, well, I know people weren't ready. <laughs> I know a lot of stuff that some of the writers of Insecure weren't ready for, and uh, the audience weren't ready for, and a lot of the like topics and conversations that popped up on there from time to time. And I will never forgive Molly for dumping that man for being bisexual because she was on some <laughs> bullshit, and I was so mad. God, like, what are you even talking? Oh my god! Oh god! That's all like some. Oh, I was so mad at her because she literally had just said, "I uh have had sex with women," and he said, "Oh, that is cool, and I accept you for that." I have also had sex with men before, and she was like, "Oh, I'm not gay, but you are." I wanted to be beat her ass. <laughs> like, why did you do that, and why did you dump that man about that, you motherfucker? <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> Molly is one of the worst characters. Oh, that was ever. that was that was. She was. It just felt like the the direct descendant of Tony Childs a little bit because <laughs> I was like, oh no, that is some Tony shit. That is something that Tony would do. This is some early two thousands shit for real. And I was like, we are not talking about this in late like the late teens or whatever. It was like really bitch <laughs> I was like god damn yeah I um yeah I I want so badly for us to have more like of these things like the anxiety things and the pregnancy things and all this but I just don't know when we get them is it going to be received because people say this all the time oh I want this type of movie I want this I was just talking to dabble about this like a couple months ago like um Somebody's like, oh, we want the black version of Fleabag. And I'm like, no, you don't. <laughs> no, you don't. You just want the love story part of Fleabag. You do not want all the terrible shit she did in the first season. And and then you'd have to talk about grief and how people don't process grief like all the same because like she was sad, but also she was like promiscuous. <laughs> dealing with her grief and then she hurts her friend in like an irreversible way and all this stuff and I was like yeah the stuff with the priest was cute but like that girl was going through her her family like hated her after that they're like hey you know what don't come around and I'm like you ready for that you ready for that Mm -hmm. on a tv show are you from a character that looks like you are you sure friends because I want it but then the general population can be like hell no we don't do that type of shit and I'm like oh god (laughs) I mean, somebody out there. I mean, like, I just don't want us to assign all these things to, like, one group of people and one not group of people because, like, when you do that, like, then you're going to be like, okay, well, what's going on with her? She she, she needs to go to the Lord. She's touched. <laughs> I'm like, no, <laughs> that's not how we need to deal with our problems. Face them head on, like, shit. 
I don't know. Ugh, this movie opened up a lot for me because I was like, wow, we're not going to have one of these again for a while, I feel like. <laughs> really not. Uh, so the Sequoias are keeping her grounded as best they can. But mm-hmm. I feel like what happens? Like she has a, a moment. It's after the fight. Isn't it after the fight with uh, Trina at the yeah. situation? The sister won't let her have the car. And then, I don't know, she comes back home. She gets in a fight with Mel, too. She's just like, I'm not your mom. Please don't call yeah. me your mama. Leave me alone. <laughs> She's I just really frustrated with everybody, everything going on in her life. Yeah, she's <clears throat> really goddamn frustrated and fed up and, you know, overloaded with, like, emotions. She's also, like, I don't know, like, nine months pregnant or something. So, yeah. like, it's just a lot... They- a lot of swirling emotions. <laughs> she does have like a ultrasound because she hasn't oh. really been tracking her uh, <gasps> the health of her child. Like she hasn't been like doing her checkups as needed. We need so to talk about this. Miss <laughs> Carmen is like, okay, let's let's see what's going on in there. Yeah. So she arranges for her to have a checkup and they invite Monica, who is the mother like the mother who's wanting to take uh adopt the baby yeah the potential um, mother to like come and sit there like to see what's going on with the baby get the health updates yeah um the ultrasound goes really well she does have a moment where it kind of plays back into like i think it was on some of the videos that they played in the mom the parenting class it oh is, yeah. She has to attend a parenting class, which seems like a requirement for getting your children back. Like that you do have to attend parenting classes and uh situations like that. Yeah. Um, but it they were talking about the placenta and uh-huh. what to not do to the placenta. Like you don't want to yank it off, just let it fall off naturally. A term the, the, the umbilical cord, not the placenta. Oh, yeah, the umbilical cord. They were yeah. having a conversation about eating or burying the placenta. So, yeah, eating it in pill form or whatever, which I guess yes. can't you buy placenta pills or something like that? I can't remember. I feel like you can. I feel like you can. Uh, and then don't cheat. Well, the, Trina was like, that's some white girl shit. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I don't know if it. It's like I feel like and she was somebody's like, well, you know what? Well, some of our ancestors probably ate it too. And I was like, yeah, yeah. Some she, of our ancestors she, probably did. I mean, she is not wrong. And for Trina to be so like, you know, they try they our mother's mothers and our mother's mother's mothers have struggled, blah, blah, blah. Like I feel like she would have been like knowledgeable of this, but mm. she wasn't. I don't really know a whole lot about placenta, the whole thing. Birthing is just it's just I'm not there yet. <laughs> but like, when, like yet. in the video, they talk about how the 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 umbilical cord umbilical cord is basically the connection from mother to child. Yeah. So when she's looking at the ultrasound, you see how prominent the umbilical cord is. Yeah. And then she kind of has a body has horror a moment. moment looking, and then like you could see her like pulling out the umbilical cord from her belly but in like yeah. in a moment of dissociation before she snapped back into the present and this just tells her like I can't do this so then she starts saying I can't do this I yeah. I can't do this I, I'm not going to do this mm-hmm. so you see the hurt on Monica's face you see 
like all of her thought, like all of Gia's thoughts just playing on her face. And Miss Carmen is trying to make the best of the situation, like giving her space and at the same time, like, hey, you know, this really might be a good idea. So that yeah. aids into like the frustration that she feels when she gets into the fight with Trina and then the 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 little scuffle she has with Mel and telling her like I don't call me mama like don't do that just, just leave me alone please <laughs> and, I forgot about that moment of body horror for a minute I was mm-hmm. very surprised by that you know I love the body horror and I was like oh because that whole umbilical cord thing it freaks me out <laughs> it does freak me out because it's like tree bark attached to your belly button and it's supposed to like fall off or whatever mm-hmm. And then I think in the in the short film, like the mother had kept it. I don't mm-hmm. think my mama did that. I think she was like, no, nah, I'm good. But like, <laughs> I could ask her, but I don't know. I've, I've never seen that in my little my little baby trunk or whatever. That yeah. she got all my stuff in. I just uh, found a bunch of teeth. I think she's, I think she's, <laughs> my mom kept our dog's teeth. And I was like, that's a bit much. Calm down over there. <laughs> but like, <laughs> that's a lot. But she, yeah, she has my baby shoes. She's got some old stuff. Uh, I have a baby book, but I don't think the umbilical cord was something that she, she doesn't seem like the person that would keep, keep that, to be honest. But uh, I can understand why you would keep it, but like, we don't have that. But yeah, she um, she's basically like at her boiling point, I would say. She goes home, her sister is not there. Um, and she goes into her sister's room. We don't really see this like, all the way like it's mm-hmm. kind of like I feel like the door was like half closed or something like that and mm-hmm. so she's rooting around her sister's room and I was like what's going on because I was like did somebody die like I was, <laughs> I was like I just came back from all of the strangers and I was like lord I'm traumatized so uh I was like what's going on and you hear like a lighter flick and I was like not drugs no, it all connected <laughs> that one point I was like I know she's been taking pee tests and all this stuff I just thought like that's a part of the process I didn't know we were doing that because we had to <laughs> like that like that there was like you know she's under suspicion or whatever so she uh is doing meth yes I think yeah I think so yeah she's smoking meth in her sister's room I was like no Cause you see like the little glass like pipe thing and all that. And I was like, okay, this yeah. is one of two things. This is one of two things. I was like, I hope it's not crack girl. That's a bit far. Um, and also her water breaks at that yeah. time. She does like, she gets her like moment of peace. Cause they show you like all of the trees again. Yeah. Um, and then her water breaks in that moment. And that takes her right out of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so she had to call for help. Yeah. But she only has like 98 cents on her phone. Girl. And she, who she called? I think she, she called Miss Carmen. Yeah. Or no, maybe Mel. I forgot who she calls. Yeah, she calls somebody. She seems it was Mel. She calls Mel. Okay. Well, at least she okay. calls somebody who could like, uh, you could depend on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she's in the area. Like she lives in her neighborhood. So, uh. Yeah, Mel comes and gets her, takes her to the hospital. She has the baby, all that. Um, and they, I didn't know they, do they do this for every baby? No. Okay. They, they won't for every baby. They're, they, sh- they don't. 
Um, from heard my knowledge, I feel like they'll do it if you have a history mm. of drug abuse or if they suspect that you have or uh, actively use drugs or like if they feel like you're on drugs in the moment. Um, so she, she a lot like- of demographics are unfairly drug tested. yeah she didn't seem like she was like tweaking out or whatever um she was freaking out but i think it's because she was having her baby yeah Um, and then like after the baby is born like you could you you could feel her it was like a weird energy about i I don't want to say guilt but like you could feel that emotion, like they're going to find out what I just did. Like, well, well it was weird too to me because I was like, okay, where's the baby? Like, they didn't give her the baby, mm-hmm. so I was like, where? Because usually they give you the, the baby to to you know do the skin skin and all that other stuff and nursing and stuff. And I was like, okay, the baby not there, <laughs> baby's not there. And I was like, did something happen to the baby? Because she's not going to her appointment. Like when you mentioned that not going to your appointments and I was like, what is that about? Like, <laughs> and she said that she couldn't afford it. So I understood that. Like she doesn't have insurance and so she can't mm-hmm. afford it. And and Miss Carmen's like, don't worry, girl, I got you. Like, it's fine. We can, um, there's like ways around this or whatever. But I was like, none of the, none of the girl not taking her baby to, come on now. Like the baby needs stuff. <laughs> Just can't survive off of you eating taquitos alone. Like, come on. <laughs> and I was like, Chantel wasn't taking her baby, nothing, no ultrasound, nothing. Mm. I don't even know. Chantel didn't even know what the baby's going to come out as. Like she did not yeah. know the sex of that baby at all. And I was yeah. like, this is not. know which way the baby was turned. No, it I'm... could have been breach. Girl, you both could have died. Like, what do you stop playing these games, yo? Yeah. <laughs> like not to do any fear mongering or whatever, but like you could absolutely like go have your baby and not come back. So you have to make sure everything is good up in there <laughs> because if it's turned the wrong way, oh God. Yeah, like it, It's very common. Um, just so you guys know that, well, you probably already know that yeah. Black women have the highest mortality rate of expected mothers. Like, a now, lot of black women died during childbirth. Yeah. And now if somebody says they're pregnant, don't go and tell them that. Yeah. I don't, y'all don't, do that. Don't do I, that. I've noticed y'all do that online. That's not cute. Don't do that. Be like, uh, congratulations. You ain't got to say have a safe and happy pregnancy. Cause then you're going to be like, okay, well you expect me not to like, just say congratulations. That's, that's fine. You don't have to do the whole, like, you know, you might die tomorrow. Like, don't do that. Don't do that. That's not cool. <laughs> Don't be scaring these ladies. Don't do that. Like, don't be let's, scaring these folks, please. Be knowledgeable, but like, don't have people freak out, please. <laughs> I see that all the time online. I'm like, you actually should stop doing that, like, right now. But her, yeah, when she didn't have the baby with her, and she's kind of just like laying there, kind of just like sitting there in her hospital chair or hospital bed, I was like, that baby's getting taken. Baby's I was like, that's uh... it. Oh, no. like you just feel you feel it like you feel yeah. it. she feels it like it's like oh yeah. baby girl baby girl yeah miss carmen's there and she's she basically pissed. like she tears her ass up i was like oh lord 
And you know Top what? Like, is terrible. <laughs> it it comes it comes from a good place. It's not like yeah. a place where I am putting you down for doing this. Like she's not shaming her at all. No. She was like, it was basically like, why the fuck did you do this? Like we were doing well. Like we were on the right path. The right <laughs> path to getting your kids back. I'm not telling you to do this because I'm gonna try to take your kids. I'm trying to help you take care of yourself and your children. And, and now this is going to have consequences. Well, to navigate a system that you know is not yeah. made to help you, like she knows that firsthand, like it's not there to help black girls do anything. Like they would love to take your, I mean, like Trina said, they would love to take your damn kids. So like she knows, and also she's been putting in all this work and not like I've been putting all this work to help you and you do nothing, but like just girl, grow up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's telling like you need to grow up. You're 24, but you need to grow up right now. Yeah, like it's enough of that. Like, why would you do that? And I did understand too. Like, she's stressed. She doesn't have an outlet to be stressed. She don't have nobody to talk to. Everybody mm-hmm. around her whiling. Uh, so I get it, especially if you're an addict. Like, you know, uh, yeah. What you gonna do? Are you gonna sit there? You meditate? You gonna go smoke some meth? <laughs> like, if you already have that in your like history i mean what's easier <laughs> to do so uh i got that but also i was like yeah miss Prime is right you need to yeah let's- like I, I i agree with miss Carmen, but at the same time i did appreciate she didn't shame her for no. using it or relapsing in that moment like she didn't shame her about that it was just like the babies like the babies like we we're trying yeah. to get you back to you know point a and we just took a step back we back on we back yeah we're back all the way at the start and i was in the documentary was a woman got her kids taken because she smoked she didn't say what she did she said she did it twice and she said that she didn't know if her fiance was alive or dead because his parents wouldn't her yeah his parents wouldn't let her come see him and she was stressed out and her, mm-hmm. her I don't know who told that's the thing I don't know like how that all works who tells did the kid say something you know because it happens I feel like if the kid says like hey mom was doing this and they're like oh wait hold on what's going on in the house so um but it's like all these women have like these high stress situations and then they just like fuck up once or something and then they get their t- their kids taken away and then you hear all these stories about abusive parents that uh routinely abusing their kids and then they get to keep their kids and then the kids in some documentary <laughs> talking about their story and i'm just like what is going on in this bitch <laughs> this country is so twisted it makes like it makes perfect sense in an evil in an evil sort of way but like ugh, if you think about it too long you're just like what the fuck is this like i don't want to bring anything into this world <laughs> if this is the society you have to do it in and just like ugh, gross um like but- yeah this situation isn't the best right now no. for her kids but at the same time she acknowledges it yeah and if she is taking steps to you know put everything back in place for her kids and she just stumbled in the moment but she also knows it's like 
not um, the best thing to do. Like she wasn't she, like she partying. Knows. She wasn't like no. partying or whatever. She's just like I like I, you know. Like she not like she knows she's like I should not have done that. But no. this is a situation where I was experiencing this. Yeah, and I'm sure it happens a lot. Cause mm-hmm. like that's a high stress situation. Yeah, <laughs> like geez, like you know. <laughs> it's very a few I mean there's options obviously but I I mean I don't know I don't want anybody to be like you encourage mothers to smoke meth while they're yes, pregnant like, I, like, like no. don't come don't come at me like that with that shit <laughs> like no but at the same time for this character it wasn't malicious she's do like you see how she is trying to put her family back together and she just relapsed in a moment of high stress. And that is yeah. something that happens to people yeah. and we shouldn't shame people when that happens. And what we should try to do is help them. Like, yeah. how can you support somebody in that situation? What resources can you refer them to? How can you be a, a good friend, sister, brother, you know, uncle, aunt, how can mm-hmm. we help this person in this situation? Like that's yeah. what we should be more focused on. Yeah, and um, I guess the big thing is that the uh, caseworker, I forgot what her name is from the beginning, the mean one, was basically coming, and they were like, uh, well, Miss Karma's like, you got to make a decision now, because if you don't, they don't come and make a decision for you, which was like, they don't take that baby and put mm-hmm. it in foster care uh, in somebody's house, and you don't, may never see that baby again. Um, so... Uh, I guess Gia ends up giving the baby up for adoption to the, I don't even remember what this family was called, but Monica and Boki went by. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and, you know, Monica's happy, obviously, but, you know, it is a sad moment. Um, and, you know, she kind of sit with that, which I, it's kind of like, it's almost relieved because at least, you know, these people are like good people. Mm-hmm. As much as you can know that they're good people. But also, like, you know, if you had your baby and you were planning on keeping your baby <laughs> that morning and then you were like, oh, no, no, can't do that. Yeah. So it's like a, what a whiplash going on emotionally. <laughs> but like-, <laughs> like at the like one of the like closing moments of the movie movie, she has a conversation with the daughter where yeah. she's like, you know, please watch out for my baby. Like make her tough because she you know, can't go through everything that I have been through, but she can. You just got to make her tough and make sure she play point guard. Like, you know, encourage her to do sports, so. Yeah, yeah. So, ooh, it's a lot of motion. Uh, I think the last scenes are uh, Gia is at her hearing and Miss Carmen says that she's negative, so she's testifying, like, I guess for her character, like a character witness. Mm-hmm. And um Gia makes a statement saying, like, you know, not even that she wants her kids back, like, like give me my kids back, but also just like, can I see them more often and have like unsupervised visitation with them? So I feel like she's taking more of like an incremental step rather than being like, Can I have them back fully? Which I think is also another like sign of maturity on on her side kind of being like okay things are still rocky mm-hmm. in my world um and you know 
obviously I want to take these steps to like get my kids, but like, you know, it's not like, let me just take them back and then have them in the situation that's not the best for them. And then, then the same thing happens again. So mm-hmm. like, you know, I feel like it was, it was maybe not like the expected decision, at least me, I was like, oh, she's decided not to like do full like custody or I ever know. I don't know like what the term would be here. But um, yeah, I thought that was interesting that she's just like, can I just have them for frequent, more frequent visits? Because once mm-hmm. I'm, once a week for an hour, like no one of them kids don't really know her like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like good grief, like, oh, the psychological damage these poor babies have. Like we don't even know yet, like what, what's going on in their brains yet. Um, was there the scene here? I don't know if we mentioned it. Like, there's a scene where she's at the photo studio with like Mel and her like I guess guy friends that are hanging out in the parking lot, and they're telling her, I, somehow they're all been in the foster system. Yeah, it's like good grief. And they're telling them about telling them about their experiences and like, and they're not good. No, like one day I was just taken away from my mom. I had no idea idea why it was kind of like I was being kidnapped and I never had an opportunity to go back and that let me down this path yeah yeah um and I think those stories also aided her anxiety like what is what is going to happen to my kids if I don't put everything back together if I can't gather like gain some stability what what's going to happen to them yeah it's, it's a lot of unknowns like you kind of know because you hear the stories but like you don't know exactly because they mm-hmm. could be okay and then they could very well not be okay mm-hmm. so it's just it's just so much pressure <laughs> i think yeah. by the end of this i was just like oh, being a mother is so much work oh my god <laughs> i was like teary-eyed at the end of this also t- very teary-eyed at the end of the short film yeah uh i was like mm-hmm. I, I want all these women, all these babies to be okay. Like, I want these families to be all right and whatever is the best fit for them. Like, yeah. Oh, gosh. It's just so, oh, Lord. It's, just wish you, we lived in a better, like, world. I, I really wish we, as a society, cared about Black folk, yeah. people of color. And the poor and working poor. And kids. Like, they don't care about yeah, kids. Yeah, like nobody cares about kids. Like they want a bunch of kids, but then you put in no no protections for them. No. Like there, you have protections for them, but they, barely. Like you, only- they need to be more robust. Like you don't you don't want kids to have food at school. You don't want them to have food over the summer. You don't want them to read books. You don't want them to have a good education so they could grow up and create art or, you know, educate the future. Like you don't want any of them. You just want them so you can send them into your factories. Like mm-hmm. we're back. We're back there right now. We in Victorian England, bitch. We in the Charles Dickens era. <laughs> Again, we already got like what child labor laws being rolled back. So these mm-hmm. kids gonna get girl up in Sinclair's in the in the astral plane, like looking at this shit like girl. Like I, I don't I no, just wrote about this. Packing plant in Wisconsin does not need to be run by a bunch of eleven year olds. I don't need sixth graders in there. Oh, if I ever read the jungle, if I ever get the strength to read the jungle, I'm like, oh God, it's gonna be like looking at a mirror because it's just gonna be a bunch of 
fucking bullshit. People getting their limbs stuck and shit. Oh, they just talked about a kid, like a 15 year old getting like his arm stuck or his leg stuck in some machine. I'm like, why are you there? You should be in school. You should be learning. And I understand every family situation is different, but yeah. we should put in, we but should not. have resources for families to so you have care to your for kids. Them, to care for their children and care for themselves. Like yeah. that's what's needed. Like it would, it would, uh, girl, it feels like 1924. <laughs> like it would make things so much better if everybody had housing, if everybody was the food secured, if yeah. everybody was paid a living wage. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like if I also, yes. if this was a, if this type of world existed, this movie probably would be like a fantasy <laughs> instead of very real life. So I just, oh, it just made me like, it just made me upset at the end. <laughs> I was like, I was like, good for her, but shit, everything is so bad. Like, yeah, society, like socially in this country. I don't know how it is in other countries. I'm not gonna say this is like the worst thing ever to be here in America, uh, but shit. <laughs> it's just it's one of those situations where you like this should be better because you keep telling me it's better, but it's not better. No. And sometimes it's worse. <laughs> and the money, all this goddamn money I got to pay to do what? Where is it going? This girl can't get housing. <laughs> Ronald Reagan, you dirty motherfucker. I it's- know you are roasting <laughs> in hell, you son of a bitch. He's on those little, like that spit roast that they put pigs and like barbecues or whatever. <laughs> Just Anytime, like if you see any meme about like how like, the u.s have gotten worse it is it legitimately is his fault like he no it is but shit up so bad like it was bad and it's bad okay if you're like you know shout out to our uk listeners i know you all be looking at stuff in america and be like what the fuck why don't you got tea kettles and shit over here like what's going on like yeah i ain't got fizzy drink like what what is happening in that country let me just tell you it's either ronald reagan or the reconstruction era (laughs) that's it is them two situations like a couple what is it like a hundred and some years apart that's it this country keeps getting derailed by them two events (laughs) god damn it i'm I'm sorry anytime i think about like any other presidents with you know besides a couple two who are also one is definitely in hell the other one gonna be going with his fucking horse paintings but (laughs) like every Democratic president since Reagan has had the opportunity to, you know, reveal some of that shit the previous president has done and no. make it better. But no, they just be like, you know what, you should vote for me because I might do that on Monday. Girl, it's so it's like, like you motherfuckers, like legit, like legitimately tried to make things better. Like you see everybody struggling, robbing net. God damn it. <laughs> It's like hey, money. Ass ain't trying shit for real. Like it's, you say you will, but you won't. You old bastard. <laughs> Speaking of like, like reproductive stuff and all that, like things that could be helped with this country, uh, and this mo- or this story, I guess. Girl, talk about uh, if you reelect me, we'll codify Roe v. Wade, and I was like, bitch, 
You had the opportunity. You've had multiple opportunities. You and your, when you were vice president and Barack Obama was the president, now you had another opportunity and they told you right in your face. It's like, you peel that we, shit. We, we are not with the shits no more. So, girl, like, <laughs> They're so funny. I was like, you know, about to hold my vote hostage like that, bitch. You because you weren't interested in the first place. So now you're gonna pretend to be interested, so like we can fight for the soul of this nation or whatever. Fuck, suck my dick. <laughs> we not doing this with you, old man. God, be times that we had to tell you, old man, like leave me alone. <laughs> like, I, I feel like that I might do this shit on Monday approach too. Not working out well for anybody. No, it's a mess here, y'all. Yeah. Okay. It's a, it's a mess. Uh, I don't even know how we're like, if we weren't the richest nation in this world, I don't know what the fuck we would be. Because <laughs> everything else would like decline. <laughs> Health care decline. School like literacy rates decline. Like lowest in the world or something. It's just so <laughs> it's evil. So it's evil. It's bad. It's bad. It's and it, evil. And it's bad and it could be better. And that's the part that pisses me off because there's so much money being generated in this country on a daily basis. And everybody's like, yeah, we ain't got it. Sorry. Oh, I keep, uh, I don't want to end up on my list, but you know, just FYI, everybody knows that there are elected officials on the state, the local state and the federal levels are required to do the will of the people. Yeah, they don't want to though. They, you they know what? That's part of their fucking jobs. Yeah, but they get paid not to. So it's more lucrative to just be like, yeah, I'm not interested. Or you can vote for somebody and they flip on you. I just want this world to be better. And if I get locked up for saying I want the world to be better, I don't know what to do. <laughs> it, it, it should be better. And yeah. we shouldn't tolerate anything less. No. Like, for the Gia's and, and everybody else in the world. Like, mm-hmm. Like for the Gia's, the babies, the babies, the Chantels, everybody Mm -hmm. like fuck this shit. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So um, who do you I mean, not who, what would you recommend for this movie? What did we say last time? I can't remember. I feel like we said a thousand and one, even though that got like a little twisty twist. I haven't watched it yet. I haven't had time. Shit. Okay, I'm going to watch it. I am going to watch it. I promise. I, I don't know what to pair with this. At the moment, the, the film that I'm thinking of that kind of gave me that feel is a totally different direction. Which movie is it? Uh, it is the it the Florida, one? The oh, project? no, I like that. I like that. It does have the same, like, there's something about that, like, I don't want to say Americana because it's not Americana, but like sewing the parts of America that you don't see normally. You know, it's not like your New Yorks and your Chicago's and your LA's or whatever. Like, uh, Florida Project set in Florida Disney. What's the the city around Disneyland? Uh, Kissimmee. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or I don't remember. It's been so long since I've been there. But uh, sounds like sounds okay, y'all. Uh, it's yeah. It's like kids that live in a hotel. Um, all these people are like in basically like in an extended stay, pretty much. Yeah. It's um, like they're right outside of the the happiest place on earth. They're right yeah. outside of Disney World. Struggling. <laughs> and you can see like the disparity mm-hmm. in that. Because like Disney World is always like present kind of like on the horizon. Oh, yeah. Once you get into the state, girl, it's just, yeah, you've probably seen it. It's just nonstop signs. 
Like here, 500 miles to Disney World, go take your kids, make your kids happy, be a good parent <laughs> and get some oranges on your way over there. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's nonstop until you get to Disney World and then it, and it's so fucking expensive. Like none of them kids can afford to go. I probably can't afford to go. <laughs> Shit. Like it, it, the last time I looked, I think tickets were a hundred dollars each mm-hmm. just to go to the Magic Kingdom. One day. Yeah. Just to go to the Magic Kingdom. There's like, I don't know, like five or six parks or something like that. Like isn't isn't it that is an expensive trip like i used to go all the time just because i lived near orlando like you know three four hours away but not now girl that's mm, that's a journey that's a plan that's a whole (laughs) situation that you got to do that's a great movie though i actually um showed my mom that and she did not enjoy it but Mm. she's like kids she's like kids wandering around by themselves and i was like you grew up in the 80s like weren't kids just doing that naturally so she wasn't into it but I love it because it's from a kid's point of view mm-hmm. it's all bright and colorful um Sean Baker does like good like he focuses on like quote-unquote the underbelly I guess yeah um uh, things that you wouldn't normally see uh communities you wouldn't normally see yeah. uh and we I- talked about tangerine Tangerine, we did talk about Tangerine. We don't might want to talk about Red Rocket. No, I don't think we should. <laughs> I legitimately don't think we should. It's so much. It's so much. I can't even. Oh, that one time was enough. <laughs> yeah. I, I got to finish it. I've been watching it. I got to a point where I was like, don't do I don't now, know. Now, why are you like this? Yeah, girl. I don't know. It's so, it's so deceitful and wrong. I was like, what? Take your ass home and leave this fucking donut shop while I pull up and beat your ass. Oh, then like, you, you, you is, it the, is it the first donut shop scene? Because yeah, just, it's like the first half hour of the girl. You know what? You not beat right. your ass. Okay, well, fuck out this donut shop. Okay, well, get ready to beat his ass because it gets <laughs> way worse than that. It is way worse, and I was like, oh, you like you're like a serial predator. Okay, that's okay i didn't sign up for that <laughs> i'm gonna sit through this movie because i paid for it but like i didn't sign up for that at mm-hmm. all uh and twitter luckily forgot about that movie and thank god because i have been waiting for years now to see the discourse and it hasn't mm-hmm. happened yet i'm not gonna i'm not gonna bring up it i'll finish it i'll let y'all know on the next episode what i thought but oh jesus christ and it won't be like four years like no it took me 10 years to watch a guest Oh, um, God help me. Yeah. It won't be like that. It's a lot. It's a you're not gonna like it. I'm telling you right now. You're not gonna like it. Um, yeah, he yeah, I, I like that. I like the Florida Project. That's a cute movie. I would watch that one. I would recommend that as well. Not nearly as traumatic as Red Rocket, um, in that sense. Uh also I just kept thinking like like Juno, but Juno's like a little bit more like it's it's kind of annoying. And it's dialogue. I've only seen it once, but isn't like, you know, what's up, home skillet type? Yeah. Yeah. Skittle the diddle or whatever the fuck. Yeah, I don't know what's happening. I wonder how Elliot feels about that movie nowadays. I need to, I'm going to look on Spotify for his. uh, Is that the library? Your local library. Check out your local library. Um, I haven't, what's it called? Page, page something? something? Page boy. Page boy. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I want to know how he feels about that role. Cause uh, that was like his breakout role pretty much. And mm-hmm. 
Juno and Hard Candy, which I think Hard Candy came before. No, no, but um, okay, yeah. Let me. Two thousand seven was the time, though. I'm not surprised that that dialogue is kind of. Yeah, it's also the Diablo Cody dialogue. It's all bad until she gets young adult. Like, I'm, I'm sorry, I know everybody loves Jennifer Body, but it's almost unwatchable due to the dialogue. I hated Juno, uh, not Juno. I hated Jennifer Body. Oh my god, I think I watched it like too late in life. But no, I don't think I would have liked it as like a young teenager, early twenties. I don't think it would have flew over but um yeah Juno is about a uh young girl played by Elliot Page who uh gets pregnant by her kind best of boyfriend boy best friend boyfriend who I guess agrees to be her boyfriend after she gets pregnant I don't mm-hmm. know and it gets a little like religious- weird it gets a little religiously ish with the, like the adoptive parents because she ends up deciding to put the baby up for adoption and I don't know some of the scenes were like Jason Bateman I was like what's going on here it's like again you get your ass out of this you don't need to be tell, tell nobody about no fucking albums yeah get I, out of here oh yeah like old white men when they talk about when they were like in a band in New York and like the 90s or whatever i'm like oh no it's getting a little get a little weird it's getting a little weird i've only seen that movie once but uh i mean it was fine when i watched it i wasn't moved necessarily but uh yeah that's the only one i can think of like it has like a big adoption story like this mm-hmm. um i will say this now that we mentioned Michael Sarah as her boyfriend um as juno's boyfriend there are no men really in the story and no I, not yeah. outside of homeboy cat calling and oh and dominic and, whatever and, his name is yeah homeboy to her co-worker did I did he cover up his iPhone? I keep calling it his iPhone. His Apple logo tattoo or whatever. I don't think any of his tattoos is covered up. I think he they was no because he he had he has like one on the side of his face. It's like the Apple wait, it's logo. a big one. It's like literally like right by his eye, and it's like a because I kept calling him iPhone five on mm-hmm. Euphoria. <laughs> I can't remember his name. I don't remember how do you say his name? Dominic Fike. Um, yeah, he has an Apple logo. It almost looks like a teardrop. Mm. Maybe it was on the wrong side of his face. Maybe I couldn't tell. He's got two face tattoos. I thought he had way more. But uh, yeah, besides him, and he doesn't really have a big role. He's just flirting with the girls. One of the girls comes to the Photoshop and she's like, my homegirl want to talk to you. Her homeg- she's two feet away. Yeah, the homegirl could say, hey. Yeah, he's like, what's your friend's name? And she's like, her friend, her name is whatever. I forgot what it was. And I was like, so she ain't gonna talk? <laughs> no, she just looking like... <laughs> Nisi, Nisi or whatever ain't gonna talk. Like, she ain't got her vocal cords straight. <laughs> I was like, what's... I was like, this is so childish. That was the only, like, real male presence. That and the mm-hmm. cat collars. And I think yeah. I appreciate that. So shout out to you, Savannah. Every moment where i don't have to deal with a male presence is a great one so i love that about that um so we don't know about like the baby's dads or anything like that Mm -mm. it's just her just her so her family that's what makes juno i think a little bit different yeah i feel like i don't know i don't her her dad is like there like yeah juno whatever you gotta do babe girl yeah (laughs) not like in retrospect it's kind of a fantasy but 
I don't know. Maybe this happens for some people. I feel mm-hmm. like Earth, Earth Mom was way more realistic. Uh, so that concludes our Black History Month. Uh, I guess Palooza. This <laughs> is not a Palooza. It was, it was kind of sad, honestly. But you know what? Coming of age stories, whether you're 17 or 24, are important. Mm-hmm. Uh, we encourage you all to watch Earth Mama since I don't feel like it really got enough love at all. It is up for some awards, I believe. Um, it's up for uh, British Academy Film Award, outstanding debut by a British writer because Fanny Leaf is a, uh, she was born in the United Kingdom. I listened to her uh, like interview and I was like, oh, she's American. <laughs> but uh, I guess, you know, since she was born there, it counts. Um, and also up for a, no, sorry, it won the Douglas Hillcox Award for Best Debut Director at the British Independent Film Awards. And it's up for some other ones like Independent Spirit Awards. Those are coming up in the end of February. So, um, you know, I wish it was up for more and I wish it was getting more attention. So mm-hmm. when you talk about wanting movies to exist, you have to watch the movies. They don't just exist in a vacuum. It doesn't count that it's mm-hmm. on a streaming service. Like that's not it being watched <laughs> so please watch this movie <laughs> tell a24 stop being a bitch and promote their movies correctly um i would like to let everybody know that in you know the depths of tubi oh shut <laughs> there's a lot of great movies okay um, all right. So I'm going to tell you some of them. First, let's start with a mini, a TV miniseries that is based on a book that's a banger and a um, made-for-TV movie. You know, the women of Brewster Place. They have the Brewster Place TV show available. Yeah. Um, there is Petey Wheatstraw, which we've <laughs> talked about in the past. This is, like, at the time of this recording, Petey Wheatstraw and Dolomite are both featured on TV. Okay. Um, tr- <laughs> um, Trina's Miami Tale. You are kidding me, Brittany. It's currently <laughs> available on TV. I will be watching Trina's Miami Tale. Mm-hmm. Um, the Watermelon Man is also available on TV, which I want everybody to, to check out. Oh my God. Um, South Central is on TV. This is just me going through my white mom watch list. You know, to the <laughs> original, The Deadly Deal. Is on there, which I will be watching. What on earth is that, bro? It's about a daily deal. A delf, like a like a a delf. Yeah. Okay. Um, Aquarius, like it's the end of January, so you got like three days. But Aquarian legend Robert Townsend's Hollywood Shuffle is featured on there. Coolie High is available. You know the Mighty Quinn (laughs) Uh, in the heat of the night. So, you know, y'all gotta just go into Tubi's catalog and see what films they have available. It's not all just, you know, uh, <laughs> girl, those and, iPhone um, movies. What is it? Paid up or some shit. Not paid in full. It was a different one. Oh, but, no. Like, it's a bunch of uh, like um, black exploitation films. And early, like, Black films from the 70s. I think Black Mama, White Mama is on there. Oh, um, gosh. But, okay. <laughs> but, like, just check out Tubi for your Black History Month viewing. Oh, my gosh. Yes, we're going to put together a list. Um, 
for everybody. So by the time this comes out, like, I feel like that list should already be in existence. Yes. Um, so yeah, but if you don't follow us on any of our social uh, media, that's Twitter, BLK Girl Film Club, Instagram, Black Girl Film Club, um, you know, check back with this episode for that wonderful recommendation list. <laughs> the Tubi, the Tubi special. Um, so our next episode will be a Oscars thing. I feel like I can say that now. Um, tune in for that because that conversation's already awful. <laughs> and we have another month and some change to go. We gonna make it barely. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, tell us your Oscar picks if you want. Tell us your big five. Um, we'd love to see them. But in the meantime, enjoy this Black History Month. Uh, hopefully it's not as chaotic as January is because like, oh my God. <laughs> it has been a wild ride since January mm. 1st, 2024. Oh, uh, yeah girl it every weekend is something else so we're just gonna see hopefully that february is a great time yes <laughs> yes we're gonna speak into existence hopefully please god so mm-hmm. um yeah i guess oh i want to say because i did not mention this in the last episode i feel terrible but uh we were guests on lauren's podcast fashion grunge uh it's fashion grunge podcast you can listen to it wherever you get podcasts we talked about all kinds of stuff the Oscars, different movies, TV. Um, yeah, it was really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and we hope that have Lauren on the show in the future. Uh, we're working on that. So go listen to that episode and let us know and get if you liked it and also give Lauren a, you know, good rating, good review on various platforms. Um, she's really cool and mm-hmm. love me on the show. So I forgot to say that last time. I think I like blanked out and was like, I gotta go to bed. <laughs> So I'm saying it now, uh, but with I think that's everything. I feel like that's everything that we have for this month. Yeah, I think that covers it. Once again, happy Black History Month. Stay Black, yeah. y'all. Yeah, hold them fists up high. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, actually, forgot. We need extra strong because by the time this comes out, Super Bowl will be done. But like they're talking about swag surfing in like Kansas City or wherever. And I just feel like that is so egregious and ugly. <laughs> And I want it to stop. I want it to stop. It's enough. Like, I yeah, I'm not gonna speak on that because um, I I witnessed that video. I, I every time I scroll I by was it, so I'm upset. Every time I scroll by it, I feel like like hate crimed. So I don't I don't want to. Please, I don't. <laughs> I I feel like that should never be done again. And the person who introduced swag surfing to that population should pay for their crimes. Yeah, so, I don't know who it was, but you, you're not seeing the front of the gates. I'm sorry. I don't know who mm-hmm. you are, but God bless. <laughs> you're done. You're done, sir. <laughs> sir or ma'am. <laughs> That's mm. enough from you. Mm. Um, but yeah. Okay. Anyway, let's go. We'll see you in our next episode. Bye y'all. Bye.